Hello everyone, it is Jet Tattersall here with you again. Welcome to the Women in Pop podcast. It is lovely to be with you all. Now, please be aware that due to the ongoing coronavirus pandemic, this podcast is being produced remotely. So please forgive us for a lower audio quality than you are used to from our podcasts. Now, exciting news. The next issue of Women in Pop magazine has just been sent to the printers and will be released in just a few weeks. So stay tuned on our social media pages to be the first to hear the incredible women we have spoken to for issue nine. Just search Women in Pop on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Now, let us get on to today's show. Our guest is one of the hottest new artists coming out of the US right now. She has been releasing her own music since 2017 and as a songwriter has been responsible for some of the biggest hits for the biggest music artists in the world, including Katy Perry, Charlie XCX and Anne-Marie. She has literally billions of streams to her name and has just released her debut album, Only Child. She calls herself sad girl, but her music only brings us joy. It is, of course, the wonderful Sasha Sloan. Sasha, hello, and welcome to Women in Pop. Hello. Thank you. Wow. No pressure. That's <laughs> yeah, it's a bit <laughs> like that guy that walks in front of Mike Tyson shouting guerrilla warfare. <laughs> exactly. No, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm so happy to be here. My goodness. How are things with you? Um, you know, just locked up in my house trying not to get COVID and um, trying not to lose my mind at the same time. That is a brilliant answer because no one's yet said trying not to get COVID in my house, but really that's what everyone's <laughs> doing, isn't it? But we're all being so I PC mean, about it. <laughs> it's, it's currently my number one priority, so. <laughs> <laughs> and in amongst all that, I mean, oh my God, let's get into Only Child. First, like out of the gate, I want to play Lie. So here is Lie. Say you're lucky. Say you're lucky to love me like you used to Even if it isn't true I want you to lie, lie right to my face I want you to put your hands on my waist Can we just dance till the sky's away? Cause I really can't get my heart broken tonight I want you to Such an incredible introduction to the album. And I just want to know before I get into that song, what was your choice behind releasing that one straight out of the gate? You know, that's um, a song that was written first for the album, but unintentionally it was, it's a three-year-old song. Um, and, you know, I spent so long tweaking it, literally years, um, like lyrically and production um, and it just felt like the right intro to the album. It's, it's bit, bittersweet and has, you know, the synths that I love that are somewhat in the rest of the album. And it just felt like a nice, nice intro. It's an incredible intro. And I just, <laughs> I mean, to go with it, the video is such a visual nugget um, that accompanies <laughs> the you. lyrics so well. I mean, really highlighting those, those one of the challenges we have today um, and that need to create that other through online persona. It's really interesting and you're clearly into storytelling. Um, and I just want to know, as I guess since the beginning, your videos have always been such accompaniments to your incredible prose and being a songwriter first, how imperative is that visual representation to your music and how much do you yourself get involved in the creation process? You know, honestly, um, 
you know, I am, I do, a lot of my songs do tell stories and I think that I'm so um, sonically focused and lyric focused that visuals have always been kind of hard for me. And um, it's not until this album that I started getting really involved. I wrote the treatment for Lie and I wrote the treatment for um, House of No Mirrors as well, which was the second single. And um, I've been way more hands-on, which I think, you know, has helped a lot. And I think I've always just been too shy and too scared to get involved before. Um, Cause I was working with music video directors who had been doing it for so long, but um, yeah, I've learned it's okay to, uh, to get what you want and, and put your ideas out there, which has been really nice. It's a learning process. And I'm so glad cause it, it, I don't know, it seems to have, it's matured as well with your sound. And I guess that comes with confidence as well. And, you know, sort of seeing, getting that visual side of what you've written. Um, totally. Only Child, it does serve up some of your most, um, I don't want to say vulnerable, because music is always very vulnerable and very honest. But I feel like it's, it's got less edge to it without being mm-hmm. soft. It's exposed. That's what I'm going to say. Your most exposed <laughs> music to date. Um, I just wanted to know, what were some of the highlights for you in this album? in creating this album? You know, so I didn't create this album as I had envisioned, you know, it's my debut album. And I pictured being in this big studio and, and working with a lot of writers and producers and um, then quarantine hit. And like, right as I started writing for this album. And so I do everything with my boyfriend, who's also my producer, which is super cringy, but here we are. Um, And luckily we lived together. So we made the whole record at home, which was a really interesting experience. Um, But I think, you know, because I was so isolated, it allowed me to live in my own world. And more than ever, I trusted my gut on this album. Um, I think in the past, I kind of let outside influences determine how I wrote and that may have even been subconsciously but with this album it was just you know I probably wrote 30 to 40 songs for it and I ended up picking 10 and you know all 10 of those songs I love and they're they represent me um fully which I'm really proud of because you know it's it's the album sticking up for myself <laughs> but it's also you know way more mature than I've ever done and that's something I really wanted to, um, I don't know, showcase a little more. I grew up listening to Americana and folk music, and I wanted to incorporate that a little more into this record. Oh, that makes total sense. And I can totally <laughs> hear it. And I also love that you mentioned that, um, you know, your live-in producer, partner, everything in life has been there through this whole thing, because I'm now going to play Hypochondriac, which is just, I'm just gonna play it now, so here is hypochondriac. Glad I made you mine. Now I call my doctor every day since I met you. Something in these chains. Second that you call me yours, I had something worth living for. Now I'm scared of planes and heart attacks. If I die. Now, this is probably one of the loveliest reflections of 
I want to say obsession and love. And I love how in this song, there's still a real tongue in cheek element to it because you're just going, oh, but at the same time, <laughs> you're speaking those feels that everyone goes through. And it, it's, it's not what I expected from you, but it is such a beautiful love song with this sort of stripped back intimacy and just you and this acoustic sound. Um, talk me through this one and, and talk me through more so how you just let it come out so gently. Yeah, so, you know, this record especially was tricky because I'm, you know, quote unquote, sad girl, but um, I'm like super in love. <laughs> so I was like, hmm, this is kind of interesting, but, you know, I'm still super jaded. And I think that still comes through in a lot of the songs on the album that talk about love. Um, this one in particular, um, pre-boyfriend, I was a hot mess. I was basically just smoking shit tons of weed. I had the worst diet ever, like only ate at McDonald's. I just didn't care about anything and I was living pretty recklessly. And um, once I fell in love, that all kind of changed. And my boyfriend's more of a hypochondriac than I am. Um, well, he was, and now I've just completely shifted. And, you know, I'm kind of naturally like a half glass full type of person. Um, but, you know, meeting him and like being in a meaningful relationship made me want to take care of myself. And that's kind of where the song came from. And it's true. Like anytime I go on tour, I'm scared of getting on a plane because I don't want it to crash because I want to come home to him. And it's kind of cheesy, but true. <laughs> it's well, it's cheesy, but true. But also, you know, you can still be jaded in love. And I think that's true. Oh, tells me I, am. <laughs> I think Beyonce actually was going to call that song jaded in love, but it crazy worked better. <laughs> but that's I gotta like, steal that. I think that's like one of the most, um, I think that's brutally beautiful. Like you're scared to get on a plane because you don't want to miss him when you're dead. <laughs> that's just next yeah. level. <laughs> And there's something so sweet in the fact that you laugh about that because it is funny. You just have to, you know, sometimes things are funnier when you really think them through. I mean, the darker it is, the funnier it is. I don't know how else to react. But yeah, there's a lot of themes. Also with hypochondriac, there's a lot of themes of not anti-religion, but, you know, kind of just I'm not really sure what's going on out there and what is what does happen when when we die. And there's a lot of you know, undertones of that, I think, especially in hypochondriac, it's kind of like, I can't, you know, I don't say, oh, I can't wait to be with you when we die. Like, I, I don't know if that's going to happen. So, so let's just make the best of the time we got. <laughs> because you also touched on that in, um, thank God, um, which clearly you yeah. had a bit of a religious upbringing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> from your self-portrait EP. Um, and then again, recently, actually, I'm just going to play it now. Here is, um, is it just me? The internet's obnoxious. People my age make me nauseous. I think marijuana's classy. And doing coke is trashy. Am I just high? Or am I kind of right? Is it just me? Anybody feel the way that I feel? They're just not being real. Tell me 
And again, we have those lyrics uh, questioning the world and those uh, interlacings of, um, I guess, that conservative faith element that a lot of people um, are raised in. And can you just backstory me a little bit there? What was your childhood, albeit religious childhood, like? And where did music come into that? Yeah. um, So I was raised like I was raised Catholic, but, but like half-assed Catholic. Um, I went to, my mom and I lived um, together. My parents were divorced. So it was just my mom and I for a long time. And we lived in South Boston, which is predominantly Irish Catholic. And um, I went to a Catholic school because the inner city schools were so bad, but like, it was the kind of thing where my mom would say Jesus Christ at home. And then I would go say, go to say a prayer in school and I would not say the name Jesus Christ because I was told at home that it was a swear. So it was kind of like that weird. I didn't know what was what growing up. And then um, I think the nail in the coffin for me was when I found out Santa wasn't real. I started to question everything. And um, so that was my upbringing. It was, it was definitely unique, I guess, or maybe not unique. Who knows to um, everyone else. From that, where did, what role did music play in those early years? You know, I've always just been singing around the house and my mom will never admit it, but she's a great singer too, but she's more of a shower singer. And um, she bought a piano off Craigslist and I started taking lessons. And then I quickly quit those lessons and just started teaching myself piano and writing songs. So I wrote my first song when I was nine and I promise this isn't pretentious because it's the worst song of all time. Um, It was called Pitter Patter. It's about stubbing my toe. And I played it at a talent show and no one's going to boo a nine-year-old. So it kind of gave me the confidence to keep writing. And I fell in love with writing and I used to get mad when people would say I'm a singer because I would always be like, no, I'm a songwriter. Yeah. Music has always just been a huge part of my life. I actually really am not good at anything else. So I'm, I'm glad that this is semi working out for me. I think so. I think a little bit more than my working out. I mean, you, the the album itself is just this sort of lyrical heartache um, of self-conscious, there's self-reflection, there's external observation. Um, You're a songwriter first, as you just said. And I'm just wanting to know, do you find it uh, not necessarily easier, but you do enjoy writing from your own experiences or uh, more a shared assumed one? from your peers yeah I think um I think easier was the right word there I think it is a lot easier for me to write from my own experiences I always find it hard to try to put myself in someone else's shoes and then write from that perspective it always comes off I don't know just not not genuine doesn't feel authentic whenever I try to do that Mm -hmm. and you know when I first started putting music out I was scared that my personal experience wouldn't be relatable to other people. And, you know, the more I released songs that were more personal to me, the, the more I saw people connect to it. And I think that's ultimately what uh, made me kind of just trust my gut on this whole record. I like that. 
And it's true. You write for yourself and people listen and everyone can relate. Um, speaking of, I just want to play your first track, Ready Yet. It's hard for me to be mad at you because there's part of me that loves you Um, your first release, but again, like you said, no means at all a newcomer to the scene. Um, what was that moment from songwriter that you just went, I can't give this song away. This is too much mine. Yeah. Um, so that session actually wasn't supposed to be for me. Um, it was with King Henry who I've made all my music with sense. And, um, I just walked in and I was like, Hey, we should just write for so-and-so. And then we couldn't really figure anything out. And so he was like, hey, I, I made this ukulele part earlier this morning. And that's what you heard in the beginning. It's kind of the, the under looping thing of the whole song. And um, I was like, wow, this is beautiful. And, you know, I, I've had a really strained relationship with my dad for a very long time, pretty much most of my life. And um, that song is about our relationship. And the night before I went into that session, he had sent me this long text out of nowhere about wanting to reconnect. And I just remember typing back, I'm not ready yet. And then I brought that into the session and it just kind of all poured out. And I remember I cut the song and Henry turned around and was like, wow, that was really sad. I was like, yeah, it's about my dad. And we had this really intense bonding moment. Um, and, you know, there were a couple of big artists who were interested in that song. And I think, that's when I realized it was time for me to put my own music out. That's so good. And I think, I mean, people can write about relationships and they can write about a lot of things, but uh, there's a certain, there's a certain kind of relationship and particularly the one you just talked about that you just go, do you know what? This has got to come from me. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> this is, really has to come from me. <laughs> yeah. It was the first time I felt something in ages. So I was like, I guess, I guess I should, I should put it out and talk about it. Oh my God, it's so beautiful. I just want to know, I mean, that was a few years ago now. How do you feel that your sound, um, both, I guess, emotionally and vocally has changed in those couple of years and I guess grown with confidence or, or maybe not even shrunk, maybe with more anxiety, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, so um, growing up, I played piano and I always accompanied myself and I listened to Regina Spector and Eva Cassidy and, and more stripped back things. And I never cared about production. Um, and honestly, it's still a pretty big weakness of mine um, because if it were up to me, I would just put out guitar, vocal, piano, vocal. <laughs> but um, as I've put out music, I've kind of fallen in love with production and I've learned how to talk about it and be in a studio and say, and you know, translate what I'm hearing in my head, which is always the hardest part for me. So, you know, for this record specifically, I wanted to make it more organic sounding 
And um, I made a playlist, an inspiration playlist, which was the first time I ever did that because all my other EPs, I was just kind of winging it. And, um, you know, on that playlist, it was Robin, The Killers, Macy Gray, Jewel. It's pretty much just like a throwback playlist. <laughs> and um, I wanted to incorporate all my favorite sounds into the songs. And, you know, that includes acoustic guitar, and then I would go, hey, why don't we put a synth under this acoustic guitar? And um, yeah, I've definitely gotten more involved in the process. And I think it's made a huge difference because I can finally say what I am hearing in my head. <laughs> I was going to say, it sounds like you're really enjoying the experimentation of sound. Um, and you mentioned as well that um, every song on this album represents a different part of who you are. Um, there's the girl who hates herself in the mirror, the jaded romantic, uh, the girl who doesn't know what she believes in, and the one I loved the most, the girl who makes her teenage self proud. I won't say it all gets better, but 15 doesn't last forever. If high school makes you see me now, I bet high school me would be so proud. She found out the talk me through that and talk me through that song yeah so um there's a song on the album called high school me and i came up with that title i can't remember how but I remember started, I started writing as a joke and it was about having braces and being an awkward teenager. And then it wasn't feeling right. So I brought it in to a session with Shane McNally, who, if you don't know who he is, he's one of the most prolific writers of all time and also like a big brother to me. And, you know, I told him my title and he instantly got super emotional. And you know, we sat down on his couch and just wrote it on guitar. And um, that's one of the most important songs to me on the record because I feel like I had such a horrible high school experience. And, you know, I developed an eating disorder in high school. I became super insecure. I felt unwanted. Pretty much all my deepest insecurities stem from that time. And um, I also wanted nothing more than to be an artist. So I just had this revelation one day of man, if 15 year old me could see me now, you know, she would be able to relax. And that's where that song came from. It's absolutely beautiful. And it's one of the things once we all get out of high school that we go, Oh God, I need to give that girl a hug. Like <laughs> yeah, I know I beat myself up. I mean, I still do, but it was way worse then. It's a rough time. It's tough, but it, oh my God, you clearly are still so connected to that side of yourself, which I think is very important because a lot of people let it go through, I don't know, I guess, shame that they bring with them or whatever. So it's gorgeous. And I love how uh, through your website and your Instagram, you encourage your fans to have dialogue, like honest dialogue with you. You want their thoughts, you want their poetry, you want to know if they've had that shitty day, you want to hear them vent about it. And I'm just interested, um, I now know where that comes from, but what kind of response have you had? 
Um, it's honestly been overwhelming. I, I don't know. I really miss performing live and part of my favorite, um, parts of performing live was meeting fans. Um, it was inspiring. And also I'm just the type of person who likes to hear people's stories and where they're from and what they do and, you know, why they are where they are in life. And, um, I don't know, I just felt like I was getting a lot of DMs on Instagram and it just felt like I needed to do something more. And I set this forum up at the beginning of the album and, you know, hearing people's stories has been incredible and incredibly humbling um, because, you know, it's easy to forget that the whole world is going through something right now. And I don't know, it's just been very therapeutic for me and hopefully my fans as well. I think so. And I mean, you're right. This last year has been one um, car crash after another. And I mean, I'm guessing in the US, the current political situation sitting with your generation. And uh, I mean, how has it been living through these past four years in America? And how have you noticed that's affected both your music and, and the people around you? Yeah, it's been shitty. <laughs> um, it's horrible here right now. And it's something, you know, I never expected. I never thought about. Um, I'm 25. And to be totally honest, my whole life, I've kind of avoided politics because it kind of destroyed my family. My family has to have separate holidays now because of how bad it is. So I, I kind of grew up with that. Like anytime politics were brought up, I got that pit in my stomach feeling. But now it's just something you, you can't ignore, especially in the US. And um, you're right, it's been one car crash after another. Um, but I think it's definitely inspired me in a lot of ways to care about, you know, more than just me, which is something I'm learning to do as I get older. Um, and I think that comes naturally with age, but also a song on the album was inspired by this year. And um, it's called Santa's Real. And it's, um, I was in a grocery store with my boyfriend and the news was crazy that day. So basically any day this year, it was, could have been then. <laughs> and then we saw kids in the grocery store on with masks. And I just turned to my boyfriend and I said, wouldn't it be awesome to be a kid right now? When you, you know, things are bad and you know, you have to wear a mask, but you don't know why. And you don't understand the real state of the world or your country. And yeah. So the song Santa's real is about basically wanting to have that, um, innocence again and, and live in that fairy tale land when Santa's still a thing. I love that you went back to that because, you know, Santa was still a thing and so was the church before we got rid of Santa. So. Just get rid of all of them in one go. I love it. Yeah, it's actually an even deeper metaphor. It's very personal, that one. I love so you it. You only know if you're listening to this. Um, lastly, before I leave you, being the original sad girl, what is the one track that historically never fails to bring you to brutal tears, like killing Mufasa kind of tears? Oh, God. You know, I think Fields of Gold by Eva Cassidy. I know it's a cover, but 
Eva Cassidy is the type of artist where even though she's doing covers, every song sounds like she wrote it because of how well she does it. And that song, that song fucks me up. Anything she's singing will make me cry. She could probably offer you a cup of tea and you'd start sobbing. (laughs) (laughs) 100%. Um, um, Sasha, lastly, what is on the horizon for you? Well, um, I'm not leaving my house, (laughs) which is very exciting as an introvert. Um, You know, I have an album coming out. It's called Only Child. And, you know, hopefully I will be touring again once things are back to normal. Fingers crossed. And uh, yeah, check my album out, please. Beautiful. (laughs) No, God, don't be a hater. It is is so good. And Sasha, it has been so wonderful to talk to you today. Thank you so much for being on our show. Um, For everybody listening, Sasha's debut album, Only Child, is out now (laughs) and is absolutely incredible. It is available to stream and download on all platforms. And you can also buy a signed vinyl, well done, and CD copies via her website, sadgirlsone.com. Now, before we go, issue nine of Women in Pop magazine is coming very soon. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for our announcements on who is appearing. Just search Women in Pop. Thank you for listening. We'll be back very soon with another episode. Please stay safe. Don't get COVID. Take care. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. Until next time, from myself and Sasha, goodbye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Uh-huh.